At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. just works podcast i'm your host ryan i hope you guys are doing great i feel like it's been a really long time since i recorded an episode for this show i am so happy to be back and to just create more content for you guys and talk about a variety of topics today uh, we'll be getting into playstation's answer to xbox game pass and we'll evaluate it and see if it's a good competitor also talk about halo infinite and how 343 kind of outlines some stuff for from season one and what they've learned moving into season two Quickly talk about the Moon Knight TV show and Halo TV show, along with Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the Nintendo 64 Online Expansion Pass, as well as Apex Legends Next Gen Update, and the fact that I got an Xbox Series X. So stay tuned. There's a lot to talk about today. But first, I want to thank all of you for supporting the show. You know, there we're still getting new listeners, new streams, new downloads, even without a release of an episode last week. And to me, that means a lot. That is fantastic. That means some of you out there are just really enjoying the show. And all to all the new fans, thank you so much for joining us on this amazing journey where I talk about things I love and you guys listen and hopefully enjoy it. And that is something I wanted to bring up. I was kind of checking out the analytics so you can kind of like, you know, see how your podcast is doing statistically. And I did actually see on like Apple Podcasts specifically that a lot of you out there who are listening actually complete the episodes which is crazy because sometimes, you know, uh, people don't have time to come back or, um, you know, you just got other things going on in the world. So the fact that you guys make time to actually listen to all the episodes, let alone just starting it, uh, means a lot to me. So thank you so much. Thank you to all the new listeners out there. And I also want to share the core collective podcast is a new podcast. I started where me and my brother, Eric, so Eric, the casual gamer is my co-host. 
where we kind of do a deep dive into the music that we love. And episode one just came out two days ago, as you guys are hearing this. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I will soon be applying for other podcast hosts or you know providers, so hopefully we get that out to you guys. But check it out. It's Core Collective Podcasts. Um, I just think, I think it's a great show and I think it's going to have a good lifespan as well. Uh, we love talking about music. It's just, just as amazing as video games. And I do believe that we can bring something to the table that a lot of people can enjoy and maybe actually, you know, find out about new bands that are worth checking out. So please check it out. It's core collective podcast. Uh, I just want to get that in there. I really do appreciate all of you guys and your support. You know who you are out there. Uh, thank you guys. You mean a lot to me and I, I really am grateful for it. So enough of that. Let's get into the show. So I finally got my Xbox Series X. I'm super happy about it. I've probably played only a couple hours on it, to be honest. (laughs) It came in late uh, last night as I was recording this and recording this on Monday. Um, You know, I I just haven't been able to play it a lot, but I did notice a graphical difference for like Halo Infinite. I saw more textures and whatnot. Um, And that's what I'm going for. I I have a Voltec 32-inch... 1440p 60 hertz monitor or can do 1080p at 144 hertz um so i obviously running at 2k 60 hertz and the monitor looks great but i also tested out um my brother's series x you know eric's uh and he has a samsung oled tv or just he has a really good tv and the the graphical difference between a series s and my monitor versus the series x and a you know, 4k TV, uh, it's a night and day difference. So I'm very, very excited to have the series X for better performance, better storage. I am all about that stuff. And it's, it's kind of funny, like a year and a half later, finally getting that actual next gen console. Not that the series S isn't, I love the series S. I'm so grateful that I've had it, you know, since this launch. Um, but I am as an Xbox guy, kind of baffled that it took me this long to get a series X, but you know, things happen and, uh, you know, supply was short and uh, the time was right, finally. So I'm extremely happy to have the console, and I cannot wait to test some out, some games out. Uh, two games specifically that I want to tech, t- uh, excuse me, test out. Wow, uh, are Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I kind of talked about it briefly on the podcast here, but I didn't finish the game. I'm actually not even that far because I didn't like that the game ran only at 30 frames per second on the Series S. I do want a more clean and crisper, you know, crispier gameplay. Um, you know, to my game, you know, when I play the game and the series X can, you know, run it at that rate. So I'm very excited to test that game out. And then even though the series S, you know, for how huge the game is, did a good job, uh, Microsoft flight simulator. Uh, I felt like it really showed the limitations of a Xbox series S, whereas the series X has literally tripled the teraflops and it has just way more power. So I'm excited to test those games out and hopefully follow up with you guys. Uh, on those, I think it's going to be really fun and I cannot wait to get my hands on them. Um, also go play Elden Ring on a series X. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, the Elden Ring review, it's just going to take some time. I'm on my new game plus right now. Uh, I do apologize that I haven't got an Elden Ring review out yet. Um, it's kind of something I've been dreading to be honest with you, because I just, I just feel like this game really is going to change the the gaming industry, in my opinion, just kind of like Skyrim did back in the day, Breath of the Wild did, Halo, Call of Duty. I do think like Elden Ring is among those games and where it's going to really shape how some people develop games moving forward. So I really want to make sure I explore as much content as possible. Uh, the problem is 
for me personally, I'm 60 hours in on my original playthrough. And uh, for me personally, like this doesn't, this isn't going to speak for everyone out there. Uh, You know, just playing that game for the first time. And, you know, I've always appreciated from software, but I've never really enjoyed their games because I just sucked at them and playing Elden Ring and really, you know, getting through it and having a really good time. It definitely lost some of the magic for me personally, uh, playing a new game plus. So I'm kind of having a hard time exploring the game again. Uh, there is a lot of stuff I haven't done yet. So that's also why there's not a, a review out yet. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I, I plan to have it out hopefully by the end of May. Uh, I just can't confirm yet. I, I try to get, I want to get some people on it that have never been on the show before. I think they'd be great guests for this podcast. Maybe just do an overall discussion because they've also experienced different parts of the game that I haven't. So I think it'd be really fun to get their opinions on this game. And then one of I think one of them specifically has played every from software game. So I, I think it'd be really cool to get his opinion. So we'll have to see about that. So please keep an eye out for that. And then, uh, you know, we'll uh, just continue the show today. So one of the things that I want to talk about with you guys today is PlayStation's um, answer to the Xbox Game Pass currently. They're like, this is their this is their game plan. This is what they're pushing out. So all new PlayStation Plus launches in June with 700 plus games and more value than ever. On the PlayStation blog posted by Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, he says this. Since launching PlayStation Plus in 2010, uh, Sony has been the f- at the forefront of innovation with game subscription services. We were thrilled to be the first console membership service that included a refreshed library of games through PlayStation Plus and also launched the first game streaming service with PlayStation Now. Today, we are pleased to share with you the official news about changes coming to our subscription services this June. We're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now in an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three membership tiers globally. Our focus is on providing high-quality curated content with a diverse portfolio of games below. (laughs) Games with an asterisk. (laughs) Uh, Below is an overview of the three membership tiers. So... Uh, I think this is great. I think it's fantastic for Sony fans out there, you know, PlayStation users. Um, I, you know, they, Jim Ryan kind of gloats about they were the first to do both of these services, but honestly, their services were paled in comparison to what Xbox has. So yeah, it's cool to do the first, but like you also took this long to update it. So I feel bad for like Sony fans. I feel like they, you know, should have pushed this out a little bit sooner, but uh, nevertheless, here we are. So in June, you know, they'll finally have something to compete with game pass, which I think is great. You know, that means game pass is going to have to step it up and, you know, PlayStation is going to have to step it up too. So this competition is really great for all fans because they get more content, hopefully at the end of the day. So starting with tier one, we have PlayStation plus essential provides the same benefits that PlayStation plus members are getting today, such as two monthly downloadable, downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for save games, online multiplayer access, There are no charges for existing PlayStation Plus members in this tier. Price for PlayStation Plus Essential remains the same as the current price plus. So United States is $10 a month, $25 quarterly, and then $60 for the whole year. So literally nothing different. Uh, Tier 2, 
PlayStation Plus Extra provides all the benefits from Essential Tier, but it also adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the Extra Tier are available, are downloadable for play. Excuse me. Uh, this will be 15 bucks a month, uh, $40 quarterly, and then $100 yearly. Uh, you know, so far that sounds good. We'll have to, we'll have to see what kind of, you know, what kind of games are here in the catalog, right? I think, I think that's like the most important thing, but it sounds very promising for, for fans. This is a direct comparison in my opinion, uh, to game pass, which is also uh game pass ultimate is also 15 bucks a month. That includes all your Xbox live services, uh, and then game pass. And then also, you know, Xbox first party titles launch day one, you know, day in, day out on game pass whereas playstation plus still doesn't do that um so we'll have to see what the catalog of games is but 400 there's got to be some pretty good games in there i'm sure uh playstation plus premium benefits provides all the benefits from essential and extra tiers but also adds an additional 340 games including ps3 games that are available via cloud streaming uh we'll jump back to that here in a bit a catalog of beloved classic available Games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in the markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. Time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy. So... My issue with here is why, like, why not just make the PS3 games like downloadable? All of the PlayStation, P- PlayStation, PS2, PSP games, and PS4 games, just make them downloadable. Like, cloud is great, but not everyone out there can really utilize cloud yet. You know, um, I had to upgrade my internet to uh, a gig um, just to enjoy cloud streaming, and I don't even use it that much. But I'm just saying, like, I I know people out there would probably like to utilize it, and I just think. Uh, you know, we're not there yet though. So, you know, I think more people would appreciate just being able to download these games to their consoles. You know, I know I do like whatever 360 games or original Xbox titles that, you know, Xbox has given out to us or put on game pass. Like I like to just download them. I don't really want to play them on the cloud, even though I will admit like cloud streaming is pretty impressive sometimes. Um, I just, I just think a lot more people would benefit from being able to download them. So if you have them downloaded, maybe you can, you know, if you're offline, you can still play them. Uh, and then the next thing is time limited game trials will also be offered in this tier. So customers can try select games before they buy. So this kind of sucks. Cause it's like, <laughs> you know, like we get every game from Xbox game studios and some partners, you know, day one. So I was really hoping like, you know, Sony would match that offer and allow a lot of, you know, PlayStation users to, um, you know, just play like God of War Ragnarok just right out the gate. But I think the reason why, in my opinion, the reason why they're scared to do that, because I think they're scared of doing that, is like, when I think of PlayStation, and there is a lot of uh, JRPGs, with you know, Japanese RPGs, and probably a, a ton more Japanese titles on the PlayStation than Xbox, and I think that's, that's a very huge market, because a lot of people around the world love those, you know, titles. But I think besides that, you know, putting that aside, the only thing I feel like PlayStation really has to offer for me, right? I'm talking about me specifically is their first party, you know, titles, right? So it's like 
I got to imagine there's a lot of people out there because I feel like that's all anyone ever talks about too when it comes to PlayStation. And I could be wrong, but uh, from what I see, people only talk about these first party titles, you know, and, you know, whether it be Spider Man, um, God of War, Ratchet and Clank, Horizon, Shadow of Colossus, um, I'm forgetting the name, or Returnal, uh, Days Gone. Like they, they only talk about those games, Uncharted. Um, they only talk about those games. And it's like, Maybe PlayStation also, you know, can see that, you know, with the statistics, right? You know, maybe they just noticed that a lot of people are only buying their first party titles, so they don't want to pull the trigger on offering them in their subscription because they'd rather see the sales. So I don't know if that's just something that they're going to dabble with, but I I feel like they'll probably change it eventually, to be honest. You know, I I do feel like, um, you know, this will be something that they offer in the future, but in the United States, it's 18 bucks a month for this, $50 quarterly, and $120 yearly. Um, you know, once again, it really depends on how much like good games are in the catalog. But as someone who owns Game Pass, where I think they just stick to the 100 games a month, or I'm sorry, 100 games, you know, at a time, I don't even have time to play all these games. So it, I, it's kind of really a toss up of what people really want. Um, I, I do think they would be smart to follow game pass where, you know, third party titles might launch on PlayStation plus premium first, or, you know, you can play the games first on premium or their first party titles launch on premium right away. So, uh, I think it's a very good competitor to game pass. I do. I, I am excited to see the catalog of games cause you know, PlayStation two is my shit. Uh, I love PlayStation two. Uh, I never had a PSP, but I'm, I'm really sad I didn't because there were so many good titles on it, like Star Wars Battlefront and whatnot. So those are the three tiers to PlayStation Plus. And um, yeah, I think we're just going to have to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm hoping that people, people like it um, and we just kind of go from there. So yeah, that's uh, that's Sony's answer to the Xbox Game Pass. Um, let me know what you guys think. I'm curious to see if anyone out there is like really excited for this because you know I think it's gonna be great. But you know I'm, I'm more curious to see what happens in the future. Next up is Apex Legends PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X and S versions are now live as of last week with the Warrior Collection event. This update went live, and that means we'll be able to play Apex Legends on PS Five or Xbox Series X in the 4K output for the first time uh and then also run at full 60 hertz gameplay so that means there shouldn't be any dips i haven't tested my series x yet but on the series s i did notice a very very good amount of performance i did notice the dips when you launch out of the you know when you're skydiving um you know falling to the map it's it it was a very noticeable difference and then also has hdr support higher resolution shadows greater draw distance and the series s will only support the 60 hertz gameplay in hdr so now reading this i really want to play it on my series x because i felt like i noticed a very good difference between the one x version essentially uh versus you know playing it on you know playing it on the series s and then getting the next gen update and playing it um i felt like the game looked very good last week so i am excited to finish this podcast and then test out the series x version i think it's going to have a lot to offer um, if you haven't played Apex and Legend, a- excuse me, Apex Legends in a while, I do recommend it. Uh, I've been enjoying myself very much uh, playing it again. Um, Halo Infinite made me way better at the game for some reason. I don't know why, but it just 
it just did. I mean, they are both FPSs. And yeah, so that's pretty much the Apex Legends next gen update. Um, that's that's pretty much it. You know, I just I do I am excited about the next gen update for any game that comes out. Uh, I do think Apex Legends was very much due for it, and I think they delivered. Um, you know, like I said with my Series S, I noticed the difference almost right away. So I am very eager to check out uh, my Xbox Series X version of the game. So. Halo Infinite is kind of um kind of a tough game to talk about, right? These days, you know, the community's at war with themselves and um I do think 343 really screwed the pooch on the lack of content that, you know, was missing when the game launched, but I do think like I love the campaign. I did a podcast on that. If you haven't heard it, please go check it out. I also did a 75 hours later. Here's my review of the multiplayer. I do think that this game has a ton of potential. I literally think they could have just added um, definitely more stability. You know, no desync issues work on the anti cheat, you know, after launch, I understand that, you know, you can't hit every mark. Uh, And I do think the game would have benefited very much from a few more playlists definitely five five or more game modes and then at least like jesus like a few more maps for both arena and big team battle so like three more maps each so that way you know big team battle would have had six maps arena would have had like 10 like i just think honestly that's all the game really needs because the store the store workarounds they've done since it is a free-to-play title they're fine in my opinion um there's obviously a lack of variety of content it looks like they've run out like a month ago but the game the game is at its core which you'll hear me talk about until it's fixed it like the foundation of halo infinite is phenomenal it's the best halo since halo reach and halo 3 like an odsc it's just it's the best it's been in over a decade like we're we're there it's just they didn't ship it with enough content and i think this game could have really benefited from another like 6 month delay um, I would have been pissed, but honestly, like we needed it bad. And I, I think the development team needed it, you know? Um, yeah, so <sighs> a little rough, but, uh, some of the things that they've announced is like Jeff Steitzer's voice, for instance, is returning to call out player earned medals with season two of big team battle. Uh, right now you just kind of have like the commander kind of just saying random shit. Um, I didn't mind her, but you know, Jeff Steitzer's, you know, that's our boy, dude. So It'll be very cool to get him back. Um, 343 outlined all of the upcoming changes coming to Halo Infinite on May 3rd, which will include a new big team battle map breaker, as well as catalyst and attrition. Um, new maps for arena game modes. Uh, 343 promised fixes for a handful of ongoing issues and bugs, notable, notably frequent uh, crashes on the PC. Um, and then they also are going to nerf like the, the mangler, which is the brute revolver. You, you can't do one shot and a punch and get a kill. You have to do two shots. They're going to uh, re- reduce melee damage overall by 10%. They're going to work on making sure melees, you know, track a little bit better. Um, they're going to buff the plasma pistol, um, commando and pulse carbine. Um, they, a lot of what three for three acknowledged is great, but we, ha- we have a long way to go. Uh, we have less than a month as you guys are listening to this episode. So I'm very hopeful 
for the future of this game. I think the issue right now for me currently is like, it's not going to be the game that it should have been. I think for another like three, um, yeah, we'll say four or five, maybe six months. Right. So they already confirmed that co-op campaign won't be available until midway through season two. And I think that's a massive bummer. Um, I do think replaying the campaign with another player or players, cause it's four player, um, can add a lot of value to the game because I really enjoyed my solo experience with the Marines and just, you know, traversing the, the, the ring with chief, but I would be really happy to play the game with Eric or, you know, our friend, Will, you know, Jarrett, Brandon, you know, just Alex, you know, just like play the game together and you know how much crazy shit we're going to be able to do like in co-op. It's going to be nuts. So, um, I'm very excited for co-op to come out. I do hope that they release it at a timely manner, you know, after season two comes out or just surprise us. And then like season two comes out and they're like, Oh yeah, here's co-op as well. So, uh, Halo Infinite's journey so far has been super rough. I watched a video over the weekend called 343 versus the world, which goes over 343's entire career so far with Halo as in, you know, handling the franchise from taking you over at the end of Reach to making Halo 4 up until now with Halo Infinite. And they, they don't talk about Halo Infinite a lot. Uh, the person's going to make a part two. But seeing like all of the stuff they either promised or really let us down on with Halo 4 and Halo 5, like I won't lie to you, like it made me extremely grateful for Halo Infinite. <laughs> like, I don't know if the, the person who made the video meant to, for that, but at the end of the day, like wa- after watching that video, which was like an hour and 20 minutes long, I think, um, it made me super grateful that like Halo Infinite's gameplay, its core gameplay is damn near flawless. In my opinion, it's close. Um, you know, the gameplay loop is like almost perfect. Uh, the campaign's very fun. It does have some issues that really held it back from being perfect, but it, it's sad cause I, they're like minor issues in my opinion. Um, but uh, I just go, wow, 343 is really all over the place when it comes to this franchise. And speaking of being all over the place, uh, the last episode I recorded, I wasn't too keen on the Halo TV show from a quote from the showrunner where they said they didn't have time to look at the video game. Their focus was on the characters in the world. And um, the reason why I was like upset with that quote, you know, just reading that before the show came out and obviously not being able to form my own opinion of what I've saw, what I heard about. Um, it's just like, you know, if you play the games, you see how these characters in the world are like, you see how they are presented and you see how the characters interact. Like, that's why I was making a big deal out of it. I understand. Like if you don't have time to play the games, um, I totally get that. But if you're going to make something that's from a certain medium, I think you should at least watch it or play it. However, I'm here to tell you today after watching the first two episodes of the show, I do think the Halo TV show is good and, and it's a very fun kind of good where it's just it's just different. Um, they already confirmed it was going to be different before the show came out. And I think that they, they were really smart to get ahead of that. This is called a silver timeline. It has nothing to do with our core games, right? So it has nothing to do with Chief in the games, the characters, none of it. It's just based off the same franchise. And I think that was a really smart route to go because I am really enjoying the Halo TV show. However, there is clearly somebody, or, you know, Kiki Wolfkill, who's the executive producer, she works at 343. There's clearly a lot of, uh, you know, input from 343. There's no question about it. All the little minor details that are in it, you know, episode one, there's an Easter egg for Commander Shepard, they say, and that's from Mass Effect, even sounds like Mass Effect music. 
And then in episode two, Chief basically looks like Commander Shepard. Um, you know, I think Chief taking his helmet off is actually super badass. It's so funny to see all these Halo fans so fucking butthurt, but then you have somebody here like myself who's a diehard Halo fan, fanboy, right? And it's funny, like, if people were good enough fans to understand, like, Bungie wanted us to feel like we were Chief. That's why they never took off his helmet. So it's a different timeline. It has nothing to do with our video game Chief. And honestly, it's not a Mandalorian situation. Like, it would be dumb, in my opinion, if Chief was wearing his helmet all the damn time. Um, plus, you have Pablo Schreiber, an actor, right? A well, a well enough known actor, like, you know probably give them some spotlight by taking the helmet off. And, you know, I just think they've done a really good job of the show. There's a few things that I don't like, of course. Um, and I'll probably talk about that soon as we, as we do a TV show episode with Eric, where we talk about Moon Knight and Halo. Um, there is a couple things that, you know, I probably wish they would have done differently. Like I think Captain Keys and Miranda just are not making the cut right now. Um, obviously with character development, we might see that work out pretty well. But Chief and Soren and the other Spartans fucking fantastic character uh halsey's perfect um there's just there's these subtle things that if you're a true halo fan that you you can't help but really love um some of the cgi could be a hell of a lot better um especially since they were like someone was gloating about them spending like 10 million dollars an episode i'm like i don't know where the fuck it went because some cgi looks super questionable like when the assault rifle when chief throws the assault rifle on the you know the ground at madrigal it just looks terrible but you know, honestly, I let that shit slide because it's like, you know, like it is what it is. It's not like they're going to go back and fix it. So I don't mean we, I don't think we can't critique it. I just like, I don't know. I kind of just accept things for what they are these days. So yeah, I think the Halo TV show is a hundred percent worth your time. If you're a casual fan or if you're new to Halo or if you're a diehard fan, I really do believe there's something here for everybody to really enjoy. And, you know, I, I think it could play out really well. They're already confirmed for season two, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, next up is Moon Knight, uh, played by Oscar Isaac. You know, we got Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, who is Oscar Isaac, right? So he's got multiple personalities. Uh, when this show was announced, I was I was so fucking excited. I think even I don't remember if when Moon Knight was announced, we also got casting right away. But I just knew I was excited for Moon Knight. You know, I. Haven't finished like reading the comics, but like this is such an interesting character in my opinion, and I just feel like the first episode did a like such a good job, you know, bringing uh, the audience into this character and the world. And you know, I rewatched it, and like the second time watching it, you like you totally can see Mark throughout the episode in mirrors and shit, and I just think it's so cool. And then when he turns into Moon Knight at the end, and he fucks up that Hound of Anubis, like, I don't know what you want to call him, but I don't think it was a werewolf yet. There is going to be werewolves, but I just don't think that one was one. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I love this show. Ethan Hawke's great. Um, the whole cast is really good so far. Um, you know, Donna's funny as fuck because she's kind of a bitch. But um, I think the cast of characters so far is great, or the, you know, the cast. Um, I'm really excited to see this show play out. I think this is definitely what Marvel needs right now, especially with Doctor Strange coming up. So... Very, very fun stuff. I cannot wait to see how it all plays out. And last but not least, uh, I've been playing some retro games lately, and I wanted to talk about that with you guys. I've been uh, playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, uh, originally released on the Nintendo 64. And if you didn't know, uh, you know, Nintendo's subscription has Nintendo Switch Online, and they've recently added Nintendo Switch Expansion Pass, which allows you to play a select few Nintendo 64 games online 
So you can play Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, the best Mario Kart. Shout out to Will for not knowing that. Um, so I, uh, believe it or not, never finished the original Ocarina of Time. I just was too stupid to figure it out. So I beat it on the 3DS on that version uh, when it released. Uh, probably a couple years after its release, I took my sweet time with it. But I, I enjoyed my playthrough so much. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I actually booted it up the other day on the 3DS, and it still looks really good. Uh, but I I never finished Ocarina of Time. So I just finished the Death Mountain, or um, the Dogon's Cavern. That's where you help out the, the Gorons, and you get the fire you know, spiritual stone. So I need the water one and then I become adult link, um, and go to the temple of time. So, uh, th- this game, the reason why I wanted to bring it up to you guys, it still holds up till this day. Maybe not the graphics. I could tell you that much. <laughs> um, but the gameplay is fun. The camera angles are terrible, but the, the audio, the scenery, the story is such a fucking good game. Ocarina of time is really one of the best games ever made. Um, I would love to see this game get like another, HD remake. Um, like I said, the 3D version is really good if you ever wanted to check it out. I think it's like 20 bucks uh, on Nintendo eShop if you have a 3DS or 2DS. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been playing that, so I'm hoping to do a retro review uh, here in the coming months. I'm definitely taking my time with it, so please understand that it's going to be a while. But uh, yeah, so that's all I have for today's episode. Just, you know, um, just a lot of stuff going on. I do apologize for not getting an episode out last week. But I think this one will make up for that. Um, So like I said, Elden Ring will be getting a review hopefully by the end of next month. Um, I'm also playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, That's kind of like a Cinderella story there because the game came out just... It was terrible at launch and afterwards. But now the way the game is, it's it's something else. It's definitely worth your time. Um, That I could tell you that right now. So if you were thinking about checking it out, just go ahead and do it. It's worth your time. Um, But I'm hoping to play that more and eventually talk about it more. I kind of want to do like a ghost recon episode because I'm a huge fan of the franchise and it's definitely had its ups and downs. So yeah, that's all I got for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out the core collective podcast. That will be a bi-weekly release there. So you can check that out on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you all have a great week and I'm your host Ryan and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.